Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Our post-show recaps coverage of The Walking Dead, Season 10, Episode 18, is brought to you by our friends over at GEICO. You own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. The Walking Dead, Season 10, Episode 18, Find Me, is over. But we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everyone. It's me, Jessica Lease, and I am ready to break down everything that happened in this very interesting and oftentimes enraging episode of The Walking Dead. But before we get started, I think I got to introduce to you... A man who is not directly related to me, but I consider him family anyway. Hello, Chappelle. <laughs> I'm your long lost brother. We're sisters, kids, friend that I kind of know that I adopted when my sister died and I have a dog named Dog. How yeah. are you today? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Chappelle, that was of all of the episodes of The Walking Dead. That was certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. That was legitimately an episode, and I'm ready to talk about it. I just don't know if we have much to talk about. It's a, a lot of the Daryl backstory, middle story. Like, we know mm-hmm. his origin, but this is kind of like the stuff you missed in between. Yeah, and that's, it's actually, it's a funny thing, Chappelle. Before we get too far down this road, I wanted to note that um, every, your listeners should stay tuned um, until the end of the podcast. Once Chappelle and I are done, I have a little extra bonus segment with you. I wanted to have Rob Sesternino on the panel tonight to talk about everything that happened in this episode for reasons that will become clear. But uh, instead, I caught up with him a little bit earlier today, and we're going to have that segment for you at the end of the program. Um, I made Rob watch this episode kind of devoid of context, and <laughs> he had some thoughts, and there was also a lot of him saying, wait, who's that guy? Where are those people? What happened there? Why did they say this? And why did they do that? And I feel like that's going to be very instructive for some of you who may have had the same questions. Um, I had those questions. <laughs> yes. So I'm I'm happy to fill you in on any of that stuff that you would like to know, Chappelle. Oh, yeah. There was a moment where we started to bring up people I haven't heard from in a while. Um, <laughs> I was like, Connie? Oh, yeah, there was a Connie. Oh, yeah, she seemed like a nice lady. But yeah, she's gone. I guess that's Carol's fault. Daryl's yeah. a little upset about it. That was interesting. It just seemed like it seemed like Daryl's anger... He's been passive aggressively mad at Carol for so long that finally when he blows up on her, we don't really like she doesn't understand it. We don't understand. We're like, Daryl, what is all of this about? Like, why are you so upset? Where's this coming from? There are so many levels on which 
the Daryl Dixon story has had all of the stakes sucked out of it over time. That's just one of them. Like Daryl and Carol have had this conversation. She even notes, you've had this conversation so many times where she's about to leave and he pulls her back and they're mad at each other because she did something he didn't want to do. And they've done that so many times over the past 10 years that we cannot realistically have any emotional investment in it anymore because we know they're probably not going to stay mad at each other. And in fact, we know they didn't stay mad at each other because we see them, you know, in the present. And we also know that there is a spinoff series coming that's, you know, <laughs> the Daryl and Carol Funtime Happy Hour. And we have to assume that they're speaking to each other because that's not going to be a very fun show if it's about two people that don't speak to each other. Yeah. This entire episode was about people not speaking to each other, right? We had Carol and Daryl who were like, they have like this cold war between the two of them. But then we have Daryl and his new lady friend who for eight months didn't really talk to each other. <laughs> and so that was a large portion of the show. It fascinates me that the walk, the walking dead can continue to make their scripts like half a page long and then just draw them out because <laughs> there was almost no talking in this episode yet here i am taking copious notes about nothing <laughs> and so um yeah they've been able to pull this off no wonder why there's been a million seasons and none, nothing has happened in the last four of them because it's yeah. just like it doesn't take any effort to write this show you can just write a couple sentences and let everybody walk around scolding you know at each other and and you kill a couple of zombies and start the next episode that's the formula yeah, and the thing that you that that I think has been sticking in my mind over these over this little batch of six episodes is that these were not planned episodes. Like the presumably the writers room of The Rocking Dead has an idea of how they're going to wrap up the show and what they need to do to get the trajectory from A to B. And they know, well, we're going to have these episodes where this happens and this episode where this happens. Oh, guess what? There's a pandemic. We're going to have to halt production for a long time. When we come back, we have to come in gradually. So we have to make some episodes out of something that we didn't plan for. And that means we have to make some episodes that you could really realistically lift out of sequence and they don't have any bearing on the plot. Like, I think a lot of people are just skipping this whole thing and rightly so, because you don't need to know any of this. Last week, I feel like the Maggie saga maybe was leading to something, but this, this is nothing. This is a whole lot of nothing. This is Tabitha the Goat. And I love <laughs> Tabitha the Goat, but mm -hmm. this is Tabitha the Goat. This is Jack Shepard's tattoos. This is, let's answer a question that literally nobody was asking. Yes. And honestly, Chappelle, I watched this episode. Um, AMC sent screeners around about two weeks ago. And the second mm -hmm. I got him, I was like, yeah, I'm so jazzed. Walking Dead. I'm going to be running the podcast. So I got to get, I got to get super into it. And I watched this episode and I just about flipped a table. I was so mad in the moment. I hated <laughs> it so much. Like I was Rob Sesternino watching Rick Grimes get, and get not killed. And <laughs> I, I, if we had done the podcast legitimately the night after I saw this episode for the first time, I'd be screaming. I was so upset and so annoyed and so angry, but. In this culture of perpetual outrage, I've been outraged about uh, at a, about like five or six other things since then, and it's kind of gone down to a simmer. But I'm yeah. still going to go through some of the points of contention that I had with this episode. Um, first and foremost, nobody was asking where Daryl got his dog. Nobody. Nobody. Literally nobody. At no point did I wonder where the dog came from. Like, I might have even thought about it for a split second. Like, oh, look, a dog. But at no point did I care 
about the rom-com that led to this dog. Like, did we have to watch Marley and Me in the middle of The Walking Dead? <laughs> I said it was the art of racing in the rain, but yes, same Is it not idea. the same? Yeah, it's like, the same. I mean, how many how many Hallmark movies do we have to sit through where a dog brings these two this these two like grizzled characters together from Starstruck, you know, Starcrossed Lovers or whatever they are, you know? And this was exactly what that was. Um, guy meets dog. Dog takes him back to owner. Owner and, and guy end up getting together and sitting in front of the fireplace, hashing out their their um their past and and sharing their feelings. Who could have saw that coming? Literally everybody. Yeah, everyone. I mean- it really, I really hope that whatever 16 year old author that was, that they plucked out of fanfiction.net, I hope they paid her the royalties that she richly <laughs> deserved because this is very much, it's my own content. These characters all belong to AMC except Leah, who belongs to me. She's my original character. Mm-hmm. It, it really, it was like Daryl Dixon meets an original character who has no relation to any of these people, but is somehow perfect for him. And this man that has never shown any kind of pants feelings interest in anybody for the last 10 years is like his shell is cracked by this beautiful, headstrong, independent, bristly young woman with wild red hair. And it, it is so Mary Sue-ish. Chappelle, you're familiar with the term Mary Sue, right? Oh, Tell me about it. Oh, well, we got to go we got to go down this path because I feel like the bulk of our listeners are going to know what I'm talking about. Um, okay. but it's also something that I feel like is worth describing to people that don't. But um back in the early days of Star Trek fan fiction, oh, okay. the term the term Mary Sue was coined to describe a particular type of fan fiction character who appeared in the Star Trek universe and was beautiful and brilliant and plucky and headstrong. And all of the women were best friends with her and all of the hot male characters wanted to be with her and they were all in love with her. And she made, she saves the ship despite having been on the enterprise for one day and everyone Mm -hmm. is indebted to her forever. And that's Mary Sue. She's too perfect. And she's basically. Yeah, she's an avatar for the author to step into this universe and live out the fantasy of having like both Picard and Riker in love with her or having both Kirk and Spock in love with her. I think Daryl Dixon actually, he is the Spock of this franchise. Because, oh. <laughs> yeah, this is this is my hot take. All uh, right. To he's got interesting hair and he <laughs> has trouble making friends. Okay. And he is the very last person you would expect to have a whole plot line around him having an emotional, lovey connection to somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's the same. All of these young girls in the 60s and 70s writing out their feelings about this beautiful young ensign on the Starship Enterprise who Spock fell in love with. That's this. Only they made yeah. a real show out of it. <laughs> they They required us to spend our good time to kind of just watch this nothing burger it was nothing it was mm-hmm. you know when you call it fan fiction it makes me laugh because i can imagine someone saying no put me in there and daryl's gonna fall for me but i'm not gonna want him and i'm not gonna give him the time <laughs> of day because i'm because although he's daryl and he's hot no 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 i i'm still a badass like we get it but i mean the will they want they for what nine months at a time come on come on it was literally you came into my house and I pulled a gun on you and I wouldn't even tell you my name and I made you get out. 
my dog found you three months later and then you brought my dog back to me. I wouldn't tell you my name. And then I, and then you left. Then I came and rescued you several months later. But then you didn't want anything to do with me. So now I can tell you my name because now that you don't want me, I kind of have to want you. And so now you know my name. And now you have to come find me so I can act like, oh, last time you you didn't want me. But now you do. Like, I told you my name is Leo. Was that not enough? Look, this is a mess. This was ridiculous. I was like, y'all are grown. Y'all have nothing else to do but be adults. There's nothing else to do. And here you are. And then, of course, the moment they click, boom, we get the rom-com montage. Fishing, teaching each other how to ride a bike on tandem, you know, like, um, you know, sitting, laying around in front of the fireplace and sharing stories and petting the dog. Like, how did we get here? What, what show is this? There was one walking dead, like, in the proper timeline. And then in the flashback timeline, there was like four. Yeah. I thought this was also- a zombie show. Yeah, can we also talk about the fact that they're really, this was so non-linear. It was hard to like do the math and like, we know, okay, it took place right after Rick went away. And so this is during the time jump between the Rick going away episode and the Magnus group rolling up episode. But we don't really know, like, okay, it was three months and then it was 10 months later and then it was five months ago and now it's the present day. And it jumped around more than like a Quentin Tarantino movie. And I had a really hard time figuring out exactly where this was in the timeline. I'm going to need that person that maintains the exhausting, like, day one of the zombie apocalypse. Wick wakes up on day 63 and and Negan shows up on day 152. I need that because this was a this was a whole mess. Yeah, I have in my notes highlighted and in italics, like, is this Earth one? Because I couldn't <laughs> remember which timeline we were in when Carol showed back up. I said, is she is this Carol like? finding him out there with the with leah or is this carol in the present day you know being reprimanded for being carol i just it was hard to follow it but Mm -hmm. also the things that we were trying to follow so hard didn't really matter i mean sure daryl has a love interest that has now disappeared if she never comes back then this really means nothing if she comes back then all of this really didn't matter because we get it daryl likes someone that could have been that could have been an email. You could have just told us, hey, Daryl had a love interest and found a dog. Cool. But, but you spent an entire episode trying to explain to us why this woman should matter. Well, I don't think she did. The, no, I don't think she did either. Here's the biggest problem that I have with this, Chappelle. Are you ready for this? Because okay. this is a big, this is a big problem. And as soon as it hit me, it's like, I can't ever unsee this. And it makes me really upset. So mm-hmm. in the quote unquote present day, in the latest you know, the latest info dump we've gotten about these characters. Daryl had this friend, Connie, right? He and Connie were developing a very close friendship. He was learning sign language for her. She was a deaf woman of color that he was very attached to and very close to, and they were forming this bond. and And we were given to understand over the course of the development of this friendship that Daryl had distanced himself from everybody for years looking for Rick. He didn't know how to relate to people anymore. And he was slowly learning how to reintegrate himself into this group through Connie and through getting to know Connie and through forming this bond. And he's really upset. He's big mad at Carol because Carol is the reason Connie disappeared. What this episode does is it says that 
Connie was not actually the person that helped Daryl undergo this character transformation. The real mm-hmm. person who helped him undergo this character transformation is some white lady none of you know. Yeah. And it's really, really problematic when you look at it that way. And mm-hmm. I don't like it at all. I liked it better when Connie was the one. It felt more natural to me that Connie could break through and find a bond with him after 10 years of really not having that kind of feeling for anybody that felt more natural than this. And it's almost like they're shoehorning this in there so that you doubt what happened with him and Connie. Yeah. And Connie's gone and Daryl's pretending to be really upset about Connie being gone, but I still think this is just him hoarding a lot of, you know, uh, anger that he's had at Carol for a very long time. Like he's like, Connie's gone because of you. Um, you know, um, I think who who else did he blame Carol? You know, he was blaming Carol for everybody. I think he yeah. blamed her for Rick. You know, he blamed, <laughs> he blamed for everything. And and you know, if are if you are you really that upset about Connie? Because it seems like this other lady has your eye and woke you up. You know, like you were out here living in your survivor hut, and she came and saved you from the wilderness, essentially with her dog. We've seen the movie before, but that's what happened. I don't really think you're that upset about Connie. I think that that's one of the things that you were upset about with Carol and you're using that to pile on. But no, you're still upset because this woman did not read your letter and come find you. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of Daryl being mad at anybody. And, you know, Daryl had an interesting trajectory of anger because when we first meet Daryl, of course, he is like Merle Dixon's sidekick and he wears a necklace of zombie ears and he hates everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he slowly emerges from that only to become even more angry. Yeah. And that's always been inside of him, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated this episode, how it started off, because I thought, oh, look, we're getting playful Carol and Daryl. Like, are they, is this going to be the will they, won't they, that, you know, <laughs> people have fantasized about only to be like, no, he really just kind of hates her right now, honestly. And she doesn't realize it. And <laughs> that was it. That was it. So I don't know. The beginning was, I was enjoying it. She's like, I'm going to ride on the back of your motorcycle and come with you wherever you want to go. And Daryl just seems uh, generally annoyed at her. And I was like, you know, maybe he has to warm back up. You know, he's going to let Carol in. It's Carol. We love Carol. Nope. This Connie lady, uh, Connie's gone. And Leah has his uh, full attention even now, what, five years later. Yeah, this is. This is a mess, and it's one of the things I think Fear the Walking Dead also had this problem where it tells, if it tells the story out of order, it can't keep track of what people were upset about in any given moment. So Fear the mm-hmm. Walking Dead would tell you a story where, like, for instance, one character watches her brother get murdered in front of her, but we still don't know what happened to this character's other relative. And so they have to show her being upset about the other relative that died a year ago rather than the relative she just saw die. And I think they're doing the same thing here. They can't keep track of what thing Daryl is either enamored of or upset about in any given moment. And I found it really hard to engage with that as a result, because also I think there were ways they could have fixed this. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like this is becoming my new my new brand this, is this is our, our segment. Yeah, our yeah. segment is Jess writes the uh, the script. Jess fixes yep. The Walking Dead. <laughs> yes, Jess fixes The Walking Dead. I mean, fix Survivor when we talked about Here's Healers Hustlers. I'm going to fix The Walking Dead. And okay. I'm going to fix it two ways. Okay, the first way is this is a visual direction only. 
if you're going to tell a story that's present day, five years ago, five years minus eight months ago, present day, five years minus 10 months ago, you're going to have to put a visual cue in there so you know it's present day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for example, one of my favorite shows that I've watched in the last couple of years, Russian Doll on Netflix, they had a sliding doors-esque episode where people are living in two different realities. And so to help you keep track of which reality is which, in one reality, Natasha Leone's character gets wine spilled on her shirt. And so she has to wear a different shirt in that reality. And then her her love interest slash um, romantic foils character is given a scarf on the street by a stranger. So we have like the black shirt scarf universe and the white shirt no scarf universe. And every time you're looking at it, you know very clearly which universe it is. So like give Carol a haircut or a scarf, like sliding <laughs> doors. They cut Gwyneth Paltrow's hair and you always knew which which one she was in. Mm-hmm. That's my first thing. Like make it okay. really clear or like make it a different time of year, which again, this was pandemic filming. They had like two weeks to shoot this thing. It was always going to be that time of year. So I can't really fault them that much, but make it really like every time you look or change the color palette of what they're wearing. Yeah, give us a, a sepia filter, you know, give yeah. us a full Western look. <laughs> just so Walking we can Dead tell freaking the loves that stuff. Like they how many it. years, how many years were we sitting there watching it washed out with no color whatsoever? Like show, mm-hmm. shoot it in black and white, make it moody. Yeah. Like all the Daryl and Leah stuff, but then you, know, you don't get her fiery red hair to go with her fiery personality, but I think we'll, we'll live. It's fine. We'll figure it out. So, <laughs> that's thing number one. Thing number two, if we really want to hammer home that Daryl and Carol have reached an impasse in their relationship, what if we imply that Carol might be the reason that Leah is no longer there? Yes. What, what if Carol inadvertently or deliberately causes something to come through Leah's cabin and then we don't have to wonder, well, Leah must have gotten taken or killed because she wouldn't leave dog. Did she leave on her own? Was she taken? Did she die? We don't know. Let's let's kind of spell that out a little bit and let's make Carol responsible. And then Daryl's mad at her for that and he's mad at her for Cotty. And he's mad at everybody all the time in the present day. So he's already mad at Carol and this will be like, it's like, oh, you know, I learned to love again and then you screwed it up again. That's That's yep. what I think. And no, that, I, I like that, that makes it clear and it connects everything. Yeah, I like that. And it also gives him a real reason to be upset with Carol. The I still think the Connie thing is uh, okay, you're just you're just using that to pile on. Like I I get it. But Carol in her in her defense, she said, I did what I needed to do, and I was right. Uh, you know, about the Henry thing and about, you know, Alpha. And she, she was, you know, mm-hmm. but at what cost, I guess, to Daryl's point. But yeah, give me something nefarious, you know, so he can really be like upset about it. Like, you know, she showed up and the woman pulled the gun on her and, t- and Carol did what she needed to do and took her out. And now she won't tell him, you know, and she's walking around with this guilt. Like, give us more meat in the story with the characters we care about as opposed to giving us, you know, this surface level story of people that we never have heard about before ever. You know, this was mm-hmm. this is an opportunity to build some more of that relationship between the two of them, whether it's tumultuous or not. And it just seemed like Daryl was just being kind of moody. You know, he finally just had it. He had been passive aggressive long enough and he had to speak up, which is fine. 
but it's not great TV. I think your way is a lot better, honestly. So I, I, I'd, I'd appreciate something like that a little bit more. Give me some more deep dive into these characters. You have them in a bottle episode. They're not going anywhere. You're not bringing anybody else new except for Dog and Leah. So why not just focus on what you got? What works? And I don't know if it is this is all completely COVID related or if this is just something that they thought, okay, I think we can give people more Daryl. People like Daryl. I don't know if it worked. Yeah. And you can see like around the edges and in some really interesting and good ways, you can see like how the pandemic is informing how they tell the story. For instance, Daryl never kisses this woman. Like they are a couple of times. They're about 10 inches apart for a few seconds. But Mm -hmm. you can tell like most of their scenes, they are at a six foot plus distance and they are always outside when they're shooting for proper ventilation. And that I thought was, yeah. That I thought yeah. was very interesting, but there are there's there's a lot they could do here, and they're forgetting how high the stakes used to be. Mm-hmm. And for instance, like the first time everybody got mad at Carol, do you remember what Carol did to get everybody mad at her? Wasn't this when she uh, she killed the zombies? Right, like they were keeping the people. Well, the people were get the people had gotten bit in the prison, and she was like, "Well, they're going to die and become zombies, so I should kill them." And then she no. killed him, and then Rick sent him out her out in the Ultima. And that would happen. Not even that. Not even that. Like that <laughs> oh, wow. would be understandable. These people had not been bitten by zombies, and they were not dead yet. But mm-hmm. there had been an outbreak of swine flu in the prison, and a lot of right. people were sick and dying. And she's like, "I have to start killing people so they'll stop spreading the sickness." And it's like you mm-hmm. know, you could just wash your hands a lot. And she's like, "These people are going to turn into zombies. So I'm just going to murder them." So she just murders yeah. two people in cold blood. And Rick's like, "Yeah, uh, I wish you hadn't done that. I think you got to go now." And that's when she packs up the Ultima and pieces out, and then comes back later and destroys a cannibal compound. And then they let her back in because she killed some people they didn't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's she's as long as she's our Carol, it's fine. But when she's Carol that's going rogue and doing whatever she wants, it's like, eh, yeah, that's so great. But yeah, you're right. We forgot who we were dealing with. This is Carol. This mm-hmm. is like this this person has so much, like so many layers to their character. When in this episode, she was almost like diminished to Daryl's like um nanny. She just pops yeah. up every three or four months to give them like, oh, here's your care package. I, I fixed your <laughs> lunch. Here's your brown bag. There's an apple in there. But don't forget to change your underwear. I'll be back later. And then she goes away to, to your point about the uh, COVID thing. Half the episode, she spent yelling across the river at him. Like, <laughs> hey, Daryl, you still over there? Did she track him? I really want to know why she felt so inclined to keep going back here and, and finding him every, every eight or nine months. Like, why, what is going on here to where Carol knows that he's going to be in the same spot as well? You know, he yeah. has no intention to go anywhere else. Well, first of all, Daryl never changes his underwear, so that's kind of a lost <laughs> cause. Like, every time, I think half the reason I, I'm not questioning that he never hooked up with anybody in 10 years was because he is so dirty and gross that he never bathes. He's got a smell pretty terrible. But yeah. I don't think that was a problem for this lady because I think that was kind of her thing, too. Like, they just got dirty and gross together. So, that worked. Yeah. So, there is that. Second of all, yelling at each other across a river is pretty much every social hangout I've had in the last year. So I found it intensely relatable. But I think if I were a 16-year-old girl, super fan of The Walking Dead, writing my fanfiction 
my fan fiction about my self-insert character who Daryl Dixon falls in love with, I'm certainly going to add in a couple of scenes where Daryl's BFF shows up so he can confide in her about all the gushy-wushy feelings he's having for me, my self-insert character, Leah, with the crazy red hair. Yeah. And Carol's thing is like, Daryl, it's time to go home. Like, stop it. You've been out here for too long. Let's go. And Daryl... It's like, no, I'm fine. Leave me alone. But his inner monologue, you know, the the fan fiction is, no, I'm waiting on this woman to come save me again. Like, if I stay here, she'll just come. I promise. That's what we're supposed to be getting from Daryl. We're supposed to be getting that, like, that gushy fan fiction feeling of, like, Carol keeps trying to bring me back in. But no, if I just stay out here in the woods, my, you know, my knight in shining armor will show up, pull up on her dog named Dog and (laughs) rescue me. And that's essentially what happens. It's just, it does, it's like, that's like the subtext almost. Like, yeah. um, they want us to believe in this episode that Daryl has been searching for his quote unquote brother, who mm-hmm. is, I'm assuming Rick Grimes, right? They don't really make yeah. it clear. They don't but, mean Merle. They definitely right, do not exactly. mean Merle. I had to think about that for a second. I was like, I know Merle is dead, but, um, is he looking for Rick Grimes or is he looking for Leah? Well, he starts out looking for Rick Grimes and he's been mm-hmm. out there like he's got his like mappy map that he's marking down all the places where Rick is not. He's like, well, look behind that tree. Rick's not there. Check that off. It's like, you know, Rick might not be moving around. Um, mm-hmm. So he's methodically exploring the whole river and then he meets Leah and is kind of like, I could probably put this project off for a little while. And, you know, his map gets ruined. So he's going to have to, that's going to be a whole thing. So he might as well like hang out with her a little bit and he keeps coming back and they keep like having their having their connection i guess but i think the thing that brings them together and i didn't mind this i thought this was cool was the way they talk about their chosen families and she says mm-hmm. um you know this kid wasn't my son but he was my sister's child but she wasn't really my sister she was just somebody that became my family and daryl's like cool i Relatable. had one of those too yeah. <laughs> yeah i got that exact same thing what are you talking about that's so awesome how did you know <laughs> yeah me too, bro. And so there is a lot of that, um, like, you know, we can find people and we choose our connections and they're just as strong as the ones we might have been born with. And that's a nice message. That's great. Whatever. I thought the, <laughs> the saga of, and then my little boy, his mother died in childbirth and I raised him as my own. And then he died because he was overrun by walkers and dog's pregnant mother and I just had to sit and watch it happen. And then... Dog was born the same day my little boy died. Uh, yeah. At least she named it Dog and not Matthew. Like, had she yeah. named the dog after her dead son, uh, stepson, kind of, I would have, like, flipped the table. Like, that's just too on the nose. Like, and then, <laughs> she, like, he dies as she's giving birth, and I grab the dog in one arm, and I have Matthew in the other arm, and I say, you are my new Matthew, young boy. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> young dog. You know, so, I'm glad that didn't happen, but it was so close to happening. Oh, my gosh. Very right close there. to happening. We were getting, we were very close to getting the lost squirrel baby situation, and nobody wants lost squirrel babies. <laughs> It it, it would not be good. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So, yeah, I felt like this was a little bit maudlin. And at a certain point, I just, like, I feel like Carol is the one with the dead kids. Like, let Carol have the dead kids stories. And yeah. I feel like I feel like it's disingenuous for Daryl to hear one dead kid story and connect very deeply with this woman when Carol's had like ten of them, and he's just like, "All right, I guess you have a sad whatever." Yeah, he's he like, "I already know Carol. Gosh, go away, you know." But uh, with Leah, she's new and shiny, you mm-hmm. know. She's also uh, more standoffish than him, you know. They uh, well, that's like a new television trope too, right? Where the standoffish guy meets the more standoffish woman, yeah, and so that makes her even more attractive to him. So he's like, hey, can I know your name? She's like, no. And he's like, ooh, yes. <laughs> like, that's right. That right there. That did it. <laughs> hey, you know? it's a tale as old as time, Chappelle. That is a Jane Austen tale. <laughs> like, th- this is Pride and Prejudice in the woods with a maudlin dead kid story and a dog named Dog instead yeah. of, you know, the Bennett sisters. And it's a big shack in the woods instead of Pemberley. Yeah, we've seen this before. The entire the entire episode, I was rolling my eyes. I was like, oh my gosh, now she has to come save him from up oh, there. She is. But the thing that was just throwing me was the time lapse. She like, are we supposed to believe that for three months he was in the same spot in the woods and they just never interacted? And then the dog showed up. And then after that, five, like five months later, he's just hanging out in the woods and then she shows up or then he <laughs> goes over there. Like, why are you waiting so long? What else are you doing, Daryl? Yeah, the woods are really big. Why do you keep coming back to that spot? Well, he had in his, particular. His, little, his little survivor shack. You know, that's like, you know how Rupert had the, like, I want to dig the hole underground <laughs> for the shack. Like, that's what he had. Yeah, but and that you would- took Rupert an afternoon. And Daryl Dixon <laughs> is an outdoorsman. You would think he could go build a better shack further away from this woman that he allegedly does not want to be around. Mm-hmm. You would think he would have sense to put the map away in the middle of the rainstorm. But here we are. When I saw that map get destroyed by the rain, I was thinking, Daryl, what did you think was going to happen? You have it hanging <laughs> up like a tapestry in the middle of what seemed to be a monsoon. Put it up, fold it, put it away, put it in your pocket. There's, you know, like, I don't feel bad for you here, Daryl. This was your fault. Why were you doing that? You saw the, you could tell the storm was happening. You were right there. Why not? Why not just put it away? Question. Yeah. It seems like Daryl's wealth of survival skills would extend to fold up your piece of paper and put it in a watertight container when it starts raining. But or that's just, just your, me. at least your pocket. Yeah, at least. I mean, he at had least. it hanging up like it was the curtains. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what did you think was going to happen to this, Daryl? Is it is that map that precious to you that you would just leave it out in the middle of a, a rainstorm? If I get out of my car, I have my phone <laughs> in my pocket. I got whatever like fast food I have right tucked under my arm like a football player. And I'm like doing the shuffle trying to get inside the house. And Daryl's just like, nope, let it out. You let let mm. the rain take it. And then I can, you know, be devastated when it happens. I didn't love Daryl on this episode. I can't lie to you. It wasn't my favorite showing for him. It was a it was a character assassination of Daryl on many levels. And I think I'd be remiss also 
there's a lot of like bad survival skills that Daryl exhibits here. Um, thinking that a piece of paper is going to keep the rain out is kind of the least of our concerns. Uh, I, but I also, I feel like if I don't bring this up, we're going to get people adding us like, didn't you know that this was a thing? There are a lot of people out there in the world that thought that Daryl, um, was explicitly written to be asexual or aromantic. Mm. And the fact that he never hooked up with anybody over the years. Like, sorry, this just occurred to me that we need to bring this up because somebody's going to yell at me if we don't. Okay. Um, and the fact that he just like very easily and carefully, like, you know, carelessly falls in love with someone 10 years into a show is a problem. And it's not like Daryl. Yeah. Uh, he's traumatized, you know, uh, yeah. all of his, chosen family has just been deserting him or dying or disappearing. Yeah, and so what's he, the solution to go choose some more family, I guess? Yeah, go find some. Look, the best thing that people can do during trauma is go find romance and give your trauma to someone else. And exactly. apparently, that's, that's what Daryl did. He, <laughs> he chose violence and he went and found somebody who's equally traumatized as him. Said, oh, you and your fr- family and friends have died in your arms? I had a flashback of seeing uh, Daryl carrying Beth, you know? And mm-hmm. Beth was the first person who I kind of thought Daryl was like, yeah. oh, y'all liking each other? What's happening here? She's kind of young yeah. for you, Daryl, but I mean, it's slim pickings, I guess. But, um, yeah, for the Beth thing has always led me to know that, okay, Daryl, if they wanted him to have a relationship, he could. Yeah. Um, and then when it turns out that it's just this nobody that we've never met before that we don't know or care about, I'm like, well, that's a waste. Carol was right there. You know, it's not yeah. great, but she's right there. She's so much more special than any Walking Dead character we've ever met before, Chappelle. And we've met hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Literally hundreds at this point. Yeah, there was a lot that, that Daryl could be doing differently. And the first thing is, like, if there's somebody that you don't feel good about right near your shack, like within sight of your shack that you built, like just cut that, cut your losses and go build another shack where you're not going to be bothering this person that asked not to be bothered. Yeah. That feels like survival 101. She just wants to be left alone. And you know, they're just, their gravitational pull just, I just won't allow it. The dog, dog stepped in and said, you know what? No, you're perfect for my master. Come on in. She got a (laughs) shotgun, you know, like it's okay. She won't, she won't shoot you. She might, but she, she probably won't. Yeah. You know, so I I guess I'm kind of afraid that this is going to end with Daryl ending up with someone like Carol. And I don't mm-hmm. think I would like that. Like in this moment, I'm like, Carol's right there. Why not? But at the same time, it's very how I met your mother. I'm mm-hmm. like, she was uh, she was right there all along. And you put us through all of this crap and this Leah person just for him to still end up with Carol. Like, stop it. Yeah. Let's stop spend it. 10 years talking about how this person is not right for you, only for you to want to be with them anyway. I I can't. I don't 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 make me relive that trauma, Chappelle. I mean, it's right there. He found the person who's right for him, the mother. Mm-hmm. And now she's disappeared. And mm-hmm. now we're with Aunt Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Carol is totally the Aunt Robin of the series. She's totally the Aunt Robin. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, so Aunt bad. Robin and Spock. It's my OTP. Yes, this is our new fan fiction. Um, it's going to be better than what we just saw. I'm sure. I'm sure we could do some things with this. Did you did you notice how the episode was it felt like it was preparing us for the end of The Walking Dead? They kept saying stuff like, um, what was it? Um Oh yeah. Oh, it's gonna catch up to all of us eventually. Yeah. You know? We had a good long run, longer than most, but it's gonna catch up with us eventually. Yeah. yeah. And and those were quotes directly from Leah and also mm-hmm. from from Daryl to Carol. 
Yeah. <laughs> he, he like was regurgitating his uh his old booze uh quotes and stuff. That's how you know you really like somebody when you start picking up their mannerisms. Yeah, well, you start using lines that they used on you to use them on other people. Like mm-hmm. that's really healthy relationshiping there, Daryl. It, but it is something they spent a lot of time talking about last episode too. Yeah. Like Maggie talks about, we went to this place and then it fell, and we went to this place and it fell, and we talked about the problem is you, Maggie, but maybe the problem is not Maggie right now. Maybe the problem is any of these yahoos rocking up on any civilization, Madison Clarking their way through until it collapses. Yeah. Um, I, I think maybe the, maybe the moral of the story is you can rebuild society. Just don't rebuild it with these people. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, if the, if the show is trying to show us that ultimately we're on borrowed time anyway, and that it's got to mm-hmm. end somehow and there's no cure. And so some, at some point we just have to like wash our hands of it and say, you know what? That's it. We don't have any more story to tell. What are we going to do? Like we're running out. We're running out of time. Like, uh, like Daryl said, going to catch up Chappelle. with you. Is this going to hmm. end with everybody dying and civilization falling? Like, <sighs> what if, like, Alexandria just, like, gets burned to the ground and that's the end of the show? Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. We, did we really sit through this just for them to die in, like, a blade? Yeah. Like, of glory? Like, no. Rocks fall, no. everyone dies. <laughs> no. I, I, I told you, I thought at the beginning of this, this was a tale of how do we survive the, the zombie apocalypse? We find a cure. We save everyone. Mm-mm. You know, typical zombie movie turned into a zombie show. And now it's like, no, I think we got about 13 more episodes. So we probably should start preparing people that this is just how life is now. And the show is mm-hmm. going to end one day and we're not going to have any resolution. Um, people who have disappeared might still be disappeared. We might not bring them back. Who knows? Uh, people who have died are dead and people who are looking for a cure are still looking for that. And that's the end of the walking dead. It could just end right there. And I would be devastated, but I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would be like, sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. I I would want it to have like a little kernel of hope. Like we're moving on to the next phase of our lives. You don't have to see that. Just know that we're going to be happy. And you can think of us as, as you remember us, but know that we've gone on and evolved, like the end of Wally, you know, <laughs> like yeah. we all went back to the planet and it was hard, but we did it. And that's a whole different movie, but you don't have to know that. So like, just assume we had a good time. The end. Speaking of whole different movies, do you feel mm. like there's going to be any overlap in these la- these bottle episodes in this last season with the other Walking Dead iterations, the Fear of the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead Little Tykes series that we covered <laughs> with Josh? Um, the world beyond, like, is there any way that any of these shows are going to bring us a resolution in the next two seasons? Cause we know the world beyond only has one more season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we know this only has one more season. So like, what do we think can, what can we do to tie this up? Like, what is a satisfying ending at this point? I think a satisfying ending at this point is, well, I think we've always felt like it's been like people trying to restore civilization fighting against the people that are looking to destroy it Mm -hmm. and i think walking dead world beyond is actually interesting in this conversation because it really is like oh wait civilization maybe not that great like sometimes you can use it for really bad things and this is not good um so I think when you throw World Beyond in it, it's it's another interesting story. But I think what we must be heading toward is finding some place to move forward and 
you know, create something beautiful, like the mm-hmm. next generation does a thing or, you know, we are all kind of converging on the same data point in time because the world beyond takes place like slightly ahead of all of this. And I think we all kind of end up in the same like super advanced area where people still have coffee makers and microwaves. And I think they go to the coffee maker microwave world and they realize there's bad people running the coffee maker microwave world. Let's create a different and better coffee maker microwave world. Yeah. And that's the end of the show. Yeah, it's like uh, Carol and Daryl spinoff will probably be where they take that, right? Like they've now made it and they have to, these two have, you know, been through all the fire and uh, the turmoil and they've made it out. And now they have to deal with, you know, the new high tech situ- you know, situation that we see in the world beyond. And then they have to help. Maybe they can help the kids. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. they might incorporate them into it. Maybe it's like a WandaVision or something like Daryl Carroll vision, where it's just, <laughs> they just they retreat, make, yeah, <laughs> they retreat they just, into a fantasy they, world. Yeah. Carol and Daryl just start living in their own little bubble. Like, Oh, well, I know all outside, you know, world sucks, but you know, here we are like a sitcom. We have a family, you know, we, we do our daily, uh, our daily chores. We hang out and we don't really worry about the world beyond the wall. So oh, the world um, beyond, I see what you did there. Yeah. You see it. And so <laughs> but I I really, that'll save it. <laughs> my, my issue with that is I don't feel like, especially at this point in time, Carol and Daryl create this ideal vision of what they want out of their lives. I don't, think it includes each other yeah well i think carol could find she could probably deal with daryl mm-hmm. but right now daryl's like if i could do the same exact storyline as you're talking about but with leah like yeah like that but leah <laughs> yeah that, maybe he just like would you put this red wig on i'm just gonna call you leah for the day and carol's like i hate leah day that's uh, the yeah. worst oh my gosh role play role play is supposed to spice thing up you know i you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see it eventually. Um, I I do want to call attention to um, the actress who plays Leah um, mm-hmm. Chappelle. This is a known actress. She has been in a lot of movies, including some movies that I'm not going to be surprised if you if you love them. Um, okay. Uh, the actress that plays Leah in this episode is called Lynn Collins, and okay. she is in a lot of genre things. She was in. Um, I think she the most famous thing that she was in she plays um Hugh Jackman's love interest in X-Men over X-Men Origins Wolverine. What? So, yeah. I didn't even recognize her. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. I didn't know that. Yeah, and she also um in one of my personal favorite movies and I fully like come at me bros, I enjoyed this movie a lot. She plays Deja Thoris in John Carter. Ooh. And see you yeah, I would say you're gonna get some some feedback about the John Carter movie. Is this John one of your Carter faves? is a John Carter. I wouldn't say it was one of my faves. John Carter is a good movie, mm-hmm. and I don't understand why people hated it. I think it was a mistake um, on the part of the marketing department at Disney. They didn't know what to do with it. They called mm-hmm. it the wrong thing because they didn't want to call it Princess something. She's the titular Princess of Mars, at least in the world where it's called the right thing, and <laughs> she was great in that. It is a good movie. Don't at me. Just go watch it and tell me you weren't entertained. So okay. there's that. Um, and then she's played a lot of roles in a lot of like really, a lot of really small roles in things that I've enjoyed, um, such as 2003's Down with Love. She appears in that as Beatnik Girl. Um, she, mm. has a, she has a small part in 50 First Dates with Adam Sandler oh. and Drew Barrymore. And yeah, she's I wouldn't in- remember her, but I remember that 50 First Dates for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't remember her at all. And I also don't remember her in 13 going on 30. <laughs> I don't remember much, most things about 13 going on 30, to be fair. 
But uh, that's pretty cool. So is this her? Is this her most iconic role so far? Um, I think I think her Wolverine role is probably the thing that she's going to be most known known for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a certain segment of the population. I think this casting is definitely geared toward these people. But there's a certain element of like the the Walking Dead comics fan subculture who are going to watch this and they're going to be like, oh my god, you know, it's it's what's her face from Wolverine and she's in Walking Dead and it's really exciting. Like, you know, every so often they cast an actor in Walking Dead and you're like, whoa, really? This person's going to be in it? Awesome. Like, I was like that. Um, Samantha Morton is Alpha. I was like, that is perfect. Jeffrey Dean Morgan yeah. is Negan. Like, yeah, I'm here for that. I love that actor. And this is one of those things where people are going to be watching it and they're going to be excited because they're comics fans or, you know, the John Carter fans are especially going to respond to this. So right. it was casting. It was definitely not just some rando. Um, mm-hmm. the, this actor, and this is also an actor they can bring back later who they know has the chops to do it if they want to expand Leah's role, which I think that's still a question mark at this point. Yeah, I was going to ask you, since we have this this actress that people seem to be connected to a lot of ways, do you think that this is some, like, is there going to be a resolution to the Leah storyline or is it just somebody that he used to know? Like, is this just, <laughs> you know, like, what are we doing here? Is it, are, three episodes from now, is Leah going to pop up or are we just going to see Leah's corpse walking around? You know, like, what do you hmm. think is the trajectory for the Leah Daryl storyline as it stands right now? I think it depends on who gets cast and what. I mm-hmm. think um, Lauren Ridloff, who plays Connie, is kind of on the cusp. Like Josh Wiggler keeps pointing out, like she is, she has a role in the MCU now, and she is going to be, a, she's going to be a big star. And I think they're kind of hedging their bets. Um, they're going to leave somebody out there for Daryl just in case they don't have the one that they thought they were going to have. So they have all this material written for like Daryl to be interacting romantically with someone. It's like, we can just put somebody else in there if we don't have Lauren Ridloff anymore. Um, I suspect they also are maybe thinking, well, what if Connie comes back and Daryl and Connie are rekindling things and then Leah comes back? And yes. it's like, oh, there's my ex. And do I want to be with my ex or do I want to be with Connie? Or maybe I want to be with Carol, who's my best friend all these years. And I never realized that there was something right more there. the whole time. Yeah. She's right in front of him the whole time. Yep. yep. Jess, I think we have, we got action with this last one. Now, we know The Walking Dead is not going to do what we want it to do. But no, it I never does. If you're going to be cliche, give me that one. Give me the one with the most drama. Give me the, yep. you know, the Connie's, Connie's here. And I, I, oh, wow, I've been looking for you. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, look, it's Leah, the person who opened me up to the world and showed me that I don't have to live out here in the wilderness alone and that there is still love to be had. But Carol's starting to look nice now. And with this, my friend, and if I take off her, her like ponytail and her, her glasses and those paint cover overalls, <laughs> she's actually kind of pretty, you know, like, like I, I give me that. Give me that. But, but it's, it's such a departure from what we just talked about with Daryl potentially being like asexual and not having to yeah. have a love interest to them just sprinkling these missing women out throughout the universe so he can maybe <laughs> find one one day. Um, because Connie's missing. We never saw a body, so we don't have to... Yeah. We don't well, have we to know she's alive. She right. We, we saw then, her at the very end of the last... You yeah, know. she got picked up. So we know yeah. that she was living at the time. Um, and then we, like... Uh, we we know that Leah was alive at some point. We don't know that she's mm-hmm. dead. So there's still potential out there. Um, I guess that's the same thing with Rick. We know Rick is alive somewhere. 
Um, and so maybe he pops up and Daryl loses <laughs> complete interest in both of them. And then you got real fan fiction on your hands. Ooh, ooh there's some fan fiction. <laughs> or what if, what if one of these women meets up with Rick and they start a r- romantic relationship and then Daryl finds them. And then it's like, Oh, you have become Shane. Yes. See, see, give us just what we need a season and a half, like a, just a mini series and we'd be fine. We could tie this all up. We can mm-hmm. give y'all some decent drama, but yeah, I think this is not going to do that. I think The Walking Dead is going to keep this as simple as possible. We may or may not see both of those women or either of those women again, and mm-hmm. I don't think the show cares otherwise. I think, they're like you said, they're just kind of hedging their bets and leaving these breadcrumbs just in case we need to pick them up because we just don't know how things are going to go for the last season yet. Yep. But well, I, I also, I'm reminded of, um, of Corey Hawkins playing um, Heath a few seasons mm-hmm. ago, and he just disappeared. Yeah. Like, no, no rhyme or reason, just just gone. And it's like he got cast on twenty four and had a better gig. But you know, if he ever gets fired from that, if he ever whiskey cavaliers it, we could bring him back somehow. Yeah. And I think they're just do they're just leaving all these loose ends in case we need to pick one up at some point. And I, I don't know that that's the most masterful way to be telling something that you are ten of eleven seasons into. That seems a little bit sloppy to me. Like start wrapping things up. Stop. Stop leaving stuff on the field and start bringing it on home. Yeah, I, that'd be a fun project to go and look at all the people who have just disappeared and not died. Right, the people mm-hmm. who have just gotten into the truck and dro- drove in the wrong direction or, you know, got drove off and ultimately, you know, like how mm-hmm. many of these characters are still alive? We just don't talk about them anymore. And then maybe you can have like your MCU moment at the end, your like uh, Thanos moment where <laughs> we bring back all the people, right? To fight the new big yeah. bad um, who we didn't even hear anything of, about the new big bads this episode yeah. at all. They we didn't even caring. mention them. I yeah. mean, they didn't even say it in passing. Like, okay, we got to hurry up in case, you know, they come get us. No one said anything. So nope. maybe, th- maybe they could bring back, you know, Connie shows up and then Dog and Leah show up. Well, Dog's already there, but Leah shows up and, you know, Heath shows up and you just get random people that you're like, oh, I remember you. I remember you for like the final battle. <laughs> against- Are you describing the final battle or the end of Titanic? I mean, uh, whatever. These look, both of these were more entertaining than what we're watching right now. Yeah. So I'm okay with uh, the end of Titanic being the end of this. Um, it'd be hard to get them on a boat. But, I mean, it seems like the ship is sinking regardless. We're just, on, yeah. we're just down for the ride. <laughs> and, you know, there is precedent for this because I want to point you to um, in, like, episode three, I think, season one, episode three, there's Ooh. this guy named Morales in this survivor camp that Rick has, that Glenn and Rick have come back to. And Morales says, hey, I'm going to go do something else. And they're like, okay, bye. Good luck. Don't get eaten. And he drives off. Then season they eight. are season eight. <laughs> season they, are eight. In the, they are in Negan's compound. And Rick's like, wait a minute. You're Morales. I remember you from episode three. And he's like, yeah, I'm a savior now. And Rick's like, okay, bye. And he kills him. Yep. So there's precedent. They will do that. They will fully take someone that you haven't seen in a decade and they will bring them back to the show so that we can kill them or they can be on the wrong side or, you know, they can get like faux closure that doesn't actually closure anything. Yeah. I, I could see it. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Heath. He can pop back up. Yeah. Hey, Heath can yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. So yeah, if they got to bring in somebody to randomly murder, I don't think Heath's a bad, yeah. uh, a bad candidate. He was, <laughs> he was mildly entertaining on the show. 
I think, uh, like you said, they left these breadcrumbs out there and you can start to pick, you can mm-hmm. start to tidy things up. Like it's time to start putting a bow on this and sending and having a good send off. But I question if they ever intend to, honestly, with these miniseries and movie mm-hmm. rumors and stuff like that. Like, are we ever going to get a, a, a satisfying resolution to this or are we just playing ourselves at this point? Well, Chappelle, I have the luxury of knowing how the comics end. Mm-hmm. And the comics really don't ever tie up all the stuff. The comics just kind of say, this is the last chapter, and they went on to do other things. You can use your imagination. And I think what we're doing here is we're going to get to that chapter. We're going to close that book, and then we're going to – all the things that they told us to imagine, they're not going to let us imagine them. They're just going to tell us what they are. Gotcha. And you know, I think there's room for some self-contained Walking Dead content. I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised by how much entertainment we're getting out of World Beyond, um, intentional or no. Mm-hmm. And I could do with a couple of World Beyonds with like a set end date and telling a the contained story. I'm just a little bit worried that we're going to get like we've had the cheers of Walking Dead and then we're going to have the Frasier of Daryl and Carol. Yeah, it's. How many spinoffs does one show really need, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at what point are we just beating a walking dead horse? You know, just at what point are we just kind of just spinning our wheels, even covering the show? You know, like right now, it's kind of like, okay, we're building up to the finale. But when it comes to, you know, these movies and these miniseries and all these other ideas, it's like, is it part of the cohesive tale or is this just a separate universe of the damned? And we're going to tell people stories within it. I, I, again, I think that my idea of the show when I started watching was that we were going to a solution. And now you throw that out the window, say there is no solution, but this we've created this world and there are people to talk about within the world and we're going to talk about them. And I guess that's okay. I just want the show to be more upfront with me about it. <laughs> that's all. Look, Chappelle, it's job security. If they never end, if they just go off forever, we can keep podcasting about it forever. It's going to be great. Oh, my gosh. It will be great. It will be great. We'll have so much content. We're going to be like, remember five years ago back in season eight when Morales <laughs> showed up? Like, was that five years ago? Yep. Going on 10 years now mm-hmm. since episode yep. one. So, yeah. Okay. That's fine. If you're down, I'm down. I'm good. I hope the episodes get better than this one. But I'm in for the long haul. Let's do it. You know, you take the good, you take the bad. You take them both. <laughs> And what do you have? You have a lot of oh. zombies. You have <laughs> classic stories told in a in a spectrum of genres, but always with zombies. With zombies. That's what it should be called. And zombies. You know? Yep. <laughs> like the cast and zombies. Yep. Yeah. It's um it's like all those cartoons in the seventies that had the Harlem Globetrotters in them. Or yes. you know, like the Harlem oh, Globetrotters yes. and Scooby Doo. The My Harlem favorite Globetrotters crossover. on Gilligan's Island. Yep. Yeah. Now, Scooby-Doo and the Harlem Globetrotters is my favorite crossover event of all time. The most iconic one. And I, I stand and I can, I will always stand. It was so good. So yeah, if this is it, you could just start inserting these Walking Dead crossovers into every, every show. Like, uh, what's the new good show? Bridgerton? You know, yeah. and zombies. Well, <laughs> they kind of, they did Pride and Prejudice and zombies already. <laughs> right. So that was a real thing. And it was actually legitimately kind of entertaining. And I, I'm here for it. Let's just take like, you know, Ted Lasso and zombies. And zombies. Remember June's Anatomy from uh, Fear the Walking Dead? Yeah. Grey's Anatomy totally. and zombies. And zombies. Yeah. I think we have a working model right now. Keep yep, the script I, short, add zombies. Yeah. You know, five pages of dialogue and the rest is zombies. <laughs> all zombies and vibes that's it 
Just here vibes. for it. Here for it. Um, Chappelle, do you have anything else you need to tell us about this episode? Did you find anything else in the floorboards of the episode? I Someone sent me a, and I had to find it. I think it was like a, a uh, one of the graphics for the season where it was showing, I guess, kind of like a flyer of, you know, things to come. And I think everybody on the graphic was supposed to have their own, um, their own like arc or their own bottle episode. Mm. And I have to, I would really have to go back and find it because I don't know where it's at. It's probably like deep in the resources of, uh, of Twitter at this point. But I was looking at it and I was just like, well, why is this person on here? And I need to find it because I think it's actually, uh, probably some good content there somewhere, but. It was just a weird thing to for someone to send me because I was thinking, well, Daryl's on there. That makes sense. Maggie's on there. But there was a couple like eyebrow raises on there and I'd have to go and find it. I, if I don't have it today, I'll definitely try to get it before we record next time. I found I found something here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I see. I see a poster. Yeah. Do you see the people it, on it? Yeah, there's I see Maggie. I see Daryl. There's mm-hmm. Carol. There's Negan. We know all of those people have episodes. Yes. Um, th- then we have Father Gabriel, Eugene, Ezekiel, Yumiko, Princess, and Aaron. And Aaron, I think we saw in the trailer for next week. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I don't need all of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying I'm over Father Gabriel completely. Eh. I could say I'm over him. Yeah. This is like, eh, you know. He had a good run. He's been dead in the comics for like 25 episodes at this point. Yeah, I just don't get it. I, oh, you know what? I think it was Brian Scally who sent that to me because both of uh. us were thinking, you know, what? What? Why? Why? Do we need a, a Gabriel episode? There's a couple people on that flyer that I just, I'm fine. I'm fine. Are we really? That's where we are now. Just giving random content to people we just don't really care about. Somebody cares about it, I'm sure, but I don't. I mean, there's people that seem missing from this. Yeah, there are important people. Yeah, it was definitely Brian Scally. Um, yeah, it just, there are important people. Could Judith not be on there? Yeah, where where the hell is Judith? Right, somebody who actually matters that we really care about. I I'm not sure that Gabriel is like somebody who I'm clamoring to hear about. Um, you know, your mileage for King Ezekiel. That may vary as well at this point. I mean, what is he really bringing I mean, to the story? Honestly, that was the first person Rob asked about. So, <laughs> and, and I had to explain to him, he's like, did King Ezekiel die? And I'm like, well, no, but um, <laughs> he's on one last grand adventure. And, you know, he's like, what about Eugene? I'm like, yeah, he's on Eugene's adventure. He basically yeah. like co-opted Eugene's adventure for his own. Oh, yes. Um, I cannot wait to get into Rob's feedback for sure. Yeah, you're, you're going to like it because it's a lot of like, what about this guy? What happened to this guy? And I think it definitely, I find it, I find that I think it's going to be really helpful for those of us who are, you know, it's been a while. It's been a minute since we've been on this Walking Dead and it's hard to remember where we left off. And it was hard for me to remember. I felt challenged by this. I felt challenged by Rob asking me the tough questions. And I hope that I helped him sort through some of his lingering feelings. And I think I definitely didn't make him regret leaving the podcast for sure. <laughs> well, are you ready to play uh, Rob's uh, uh, clip? Did you, did you record this or you just have a transcript of what Rob's complaints and comments were? 
<laughs> oh, I definitely have a recording. Okay. And we'll, we'll do that right after we finish telling people um, about what we have going on for next week. Gotcha. Um, so, Chappelle, what else are you up to this week in the world of podcasts? Um, in the world of podcasting, uh, of course, I'm very happy to be with you every week. And I think Thursday, Rob and I are supposed to be doing the reality TV rewind. Um, and this week, I don't know if he's announced it yet. And this might, this is subject to change. So the, the Walking Dead faithful listeners, you guys get the inside scoop because I don't know if Rob has decided this completely, but I think we're starting off the reality rewind for this week, uh, with Battle of the Network reality stars. Ooh. Yes. The popular remake from the 2000s era, um, that, uh, pit the, typical reality TV stars against each other in, you know, American Gladiator-esque competitions and some carnival games and stuff like that to see who was the best team of network reality stars. I think we thought it was a good idea because, you know, hey, this way you could talk about a bunch of them at once. And, oh my gosh, the cast. I was looking at the cast and I was thinking, man, I forgot these people existed, but they're also very <laughs> iconic in their own right. Uh, who knew Wendy Pepper was on this show? So to to sit there and kind of get the the rundown of this old uh, reality competition, it felt good. I don't know if Rob has enjoyed it, but I'll find out on Thursday when we record. Um, I also have some content with the Purple Pants uh, badass himself, Bryce Isaiah, uh, releasing sometime whenever Bryce is ready. So be on the lookout for that. But other than that, I'm just waiting uh, to talk to you about The Walking Dead. What you got going on? Uh, well, I've got this, and I've also been, of course, every Thursday afternoon, Rob Sistermino and Mike Bloom and I get together with our pal Phil Kogan, yes. the host of Tough as Nails, to talk about everything that happened on this week's episode of Tough as Nails. And he comes in at 11, and he goes up from there, and it is an absolute joy and possibly the zenith of my entire podcasting career to get to do this practically every week and talk about the show and the ins and outs of production with Phil. And even if you're not watching Tough as Nails, I feel like if you have any kind of interest in how the TV sausage is made, it is absolutely a worthwhile listen. And aside from that, um, over on the general post-show recaps channel, uh, I'm not personally on any more podcasts this week, but we have so much more going on for you. We're just wrapped up WandaVision um, on the Everything is Super feed. Um, apparently, this was a fantastic show and maybe one of the highlights of the cinematic universe so far. Oh, yeah. So, Definitely, I have heard so many good things, and someday I'm going to get around to watching the show so that people will stop spoiling it for me. Yeah, um, yeah I, think, also, I think you really like it. I do. I will say that. I, I know I would. Yeah. It is. It is definitely. It is definitely on my street, mm -hmm. and if not entirely up my alley, I'm sure I'm going to love it when I. When I do finally catch it. Um, we also have a rewatch of the X-Files going on where we've got some highlights from across the seasons of the X-Files coming up with Mike and Angela Bloom. We are, Mike Bloom is also rewatching Lost for the ninth time, um, on Down the Hatch. We cover, um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Josh Wiggler and Brooklyn Zed are playing through Final Fantasy. And if that was not enough content, you guys, I can invite you to become a patron of Post Show Recaps and get additional podcasts every week. And Chappelle, you and I are on a podcast on the patron-only channel this week. And you want to tell the fine people what we're going to be watching? I'm so excited. <laughs> we, we are watching Can't Hardly Wait, um, the 1998 coming-of-age film about a high school graduation and the hilarity that ensues around it. Uh, Jess and I... 
yeah, we get to revisit this moment in time and talk about the good, the bad, and the not so great, the the problematic. And not to spoil it, but I love that movie. Uh, scars and all, you know, <laughs> warts and all. This is a a movie that if you like hearing me laugh at my own, myself, this is a good <laughs> podcast for you, but you can only get it on the patron only feed on posterrecaps.com. So you need to become a patron if you're not. Yep. And of course, that's not the only thing. Like if that were the only thing that you got from being a patron, I feel like that's worth it. It is. But yeah, you also get like somewhere in the neighborhood of one to three sometimes more we had seven one week new podcasts every week that are not on the main channel you get early access to some of our shows like community building you get access to a patron only discord server that is quickly becoming like the most tight-knit and wonderful crazy zany group of people that i've ever found in an internet community um and you shouldn't feel like it's going to be clickish either like you can walk in and people will take you in as one of their own. It really is that kind of group, and it's so much fun. At the $15 tier, you get a piece of swag every three months, and that swag can be a Wiggler's Wombat's hat every three months for as long as you are a $15 patron. If you want that, that's that's entirely up to you. So become a patron of Post Show Recaps at postshowrecaps.com slash Patreon and postshowrecaps patreon.com slash postshowrecaps. That was fun. Um, so yeah, Chappelle, we're going to leave it here for us and then we will send it over to Rob Sestronino. So take care, everybody, and have a great night. Bye. And we're back, friends. Uh, as of recording this right now, I have not yet spoken about The Walking Dead with Chappelle, but we're going to flip things around and give you a little extra content on the end here. I am here with my former co-host of this very Walking Dead podcast and a man who fell off of The Walking Dead after a certain amount of time, much like I think the majority of our previous listeners did. Um, But I wanted to welcome him back for this very special episode to talk about everything that happened in this particular episode of the show. So please welcome back Rob Sestronino. Yes, you found me. I found you. This is where you belong, Rob. Yes. You found you found me. So so happy that uh, that I was request. I was summoned back. You spent all this time out there. You've been searching every quadrant of the internet trying to found me, uh, find me, and you finally did, Jess. Here I, I finally was. did. Yes, um, I think that that note that you left um, behind the picture frame in the floorboards of my old house. I think that was really helpful. Yes, no problem. Yes, so happy to be back. Just uh, thank you for reaching back out and having me watch a Walking Dead episode for the first time uh, since uh, Henry got killed. Yeah, I think your last I think your last episode was the um, falling action after the heads on spikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that was actually well, one of the whatever reasons. happened with Alpha. Um, well, I'll give you the very quick rundown of what happened with Alpha. Um, Carol let Negan out of his prison and sent yeah. Negan to go hang out with Alpha and he and Alpha had relations and alpha was really yeah yeah and megan seemed really happy with that um i don't know it was kind of inexplicable to the viewers but whatever works i guess um so then megan joined the whispers for a very brief amount of time and alpha was really into him and i think he was sort of playing along but sort of into it too and then he was able to infiltrate the whispers and thereby 
found a way to lure them into an ambush and get killed. And so then Negan murdered Alpha and had her head, and then they had to go after Beta after that. And towards the end of the battle with Beta, it was really cool, actually. They, um, the Negan and Daryl each had a big knife, and they both simultaneously stabbed Beta through the eye. Oh. I'm, I'm not making that up. That really happened. Okay. Yeah, so that's the kind of the rundown. And also along those lines, I think – I don't remember if um, we saw – if you got to meet Magna's group at all, but, mm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't really yeah. recall. And don't Maggie know. is back now. Also? Maggie's back now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. a, a lot of people are gone, but Maggie is back. And the big, the big development is that I, I've been relevant to this episode. I think in particular is that Daryl kind of, he disappeared for a very long time. We had a time jump. Yeah. Um, then Daryl comes back and, he strikes up a particular friendship with this woman, Connie, who is a mm. relatively new arrival and she is deaf and he starts learning sign language and they yeah. have, they have kind of a rapport, but as a result of some of Carol's actions during the battle with the whisperers, Connie is missing and they don't know where she is. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all the lead in you need to this. Um, and Rob, actually one of the reasons that I reached out to you, apart from the fact that nobody should have to endure this episode alone is that Similar to what we did with David Bloomberg when we were covering The Stand, I wanted yep. to have somebody on board who was maybe not as well-versed in what has happened in the Walking Dead universe lately to see um, how this particular episode played and how much how much context did you really need. I don't, I don't imagine much. Yep. And what did you think of what this meant to the Daryl Dixon that we have come to know over the years as a character? Yeah, so in some ways, like it was very familiar in that it's Daryl and Carol. And from what I understand, that The Walking Dead is going to end, and then Daryl and Carol are going to have a spinoff that's just Daryl and Carol, like walking around. Allegedly, yeah. You know, that the Walking Dead, uh, I just feel like that compared to like any other show on television, I feel like that the scripts are about like four pages long. Like, I think (laughs) there's there's very little dialogue. It's just like, okay, Daryl walks through the woods, like, Hey, uh, Daryl, like just so much, uh, there's very little, less dialogue. It's the only show you can watch on TV. That's like two, you can watch it in two X and not miss anything on, uh, the walking dead. But it seems like that, uh, Daryl and, and Carol were, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I gotta be honest. I was a little, I was, a, I guess it felt familiar cause it was Daryl and Carol, but like, uh, the, because of all the time jumps, I'm a little bit like, there was a time jump and then we were going back to the time jump. So like, I was not like intimately familiar with the timeline to know exactly like what they were upset about. Yeah. I mean, the main thing they're upset about is that Daryl's friend is missing and it's Carol's fault. And now mm-hmm. Carol is kind of in that mode of, Oh, everything I wreck, everything I've touched and I've lost another person. And now I need to run away. And Daryl's kind of like at this point, you know, he's been the one that stopped her so many times. And at this point he's kind of like, yeah, go ahead. Don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember, yeah, Carol ran, it was like, uh, she was gone for a while and then they, and then she came back. Yeah, there was the whole, like, there's the pre-terminus one, there's the part that she goes, she ends up um, at the hospital in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and there's all these times when Carol's got, like, a car full of goods, and she's on her way out the door, and then somebody stops her and is like, no, Carol, we need you. Or, you know, they kick her out, and she comes back. But yeah. here, it's like, everybody is mad at Carol for sort of going against protocol 
in order to serve her own vengeance and especially for letting Negan out of his cage. But there were other events that leading up to everybody being mad at Carol. And at this point, Daryl's just kind of like, he's over it. What was going on with the boat? Why why they keep talking about like uh, that Daryl took Carol out of a boat. Some Oh, right. Yeah. So during the time jump, they uh, Carol spent a lot of time at Oceanside and she got very into sailing. And so there is a great, um, there's a great sort of um, iconic shot. And it is shown in the comics and it is Carol in the show where she is, she's off to sea um, doing sea things. And she comes back in after several months and it's like being away at sea is kind of the running away that Carol needs. So, she was going to get back on the boat and go back out there. And Daryl's like, no, don't get back on the boat. And now he's like, maybe I should have let you get back on the boat. Mm-hmm. Did King Ezekiel die? King Ezekiel's still around. Oh, that's good. Yeah. He's still kicking it. Um, I really he, just, I have like almost like, like I, I watch the show. I podcast it for many years, but it is like, uh, I have a, you, if you don't use it, you lose it where I feel like that. Uh, in the post, like Glenn getting hit with the bat mm-hmm. timeline, I feel like that I remember very little, and then this five-year time jump uh, only muddied things for me. Yeah, I I totally get it, Rob, and it was kind of a big ask to have you come on here and and recall with perfect clarity who is alive and who's dead. Um, King Ezekiel, by the way, not dead yet, but apparently he is terminally ill and he has gone off on one last quest. But we is won't. Eugene find still alive? Oh yeah. In fact, King Ezekiel is on Eugene's quest. Um, Eugene has a girlfriend, wow. and he is—he's okay. um, off to try to meet up with his girlfriend at another settlement. Um, yeah, yeah, it's that what about part. Rosita, is she still still alive? Still kicking it, yeah. What happened to Michonne? Um, Michonne pulled a Rick Grimes. Um, she actually That's went true. looking for Rick. Um, Everyone she, went looking for Rick is like the like, hey, I'm going to go and uh, go like to be in other projects, and then if I come back, I come back. Yeah, that's basically. Yeah, that's the move. Um, it's like Maggie going off with Georgie or Rick doing that. Like, I guess Rick's going and looking for himself in this metaphor. Hmm. Rick's uh, never coming back, everybody. No, Rick's never coming back and probably neither is Michonne. Um, hmm. But Michonne got some evidence that or Rick – Yeah, hopefully not. Rick got some evidence that Michonne was – Michonne got evidence that Rick was still alive and decided to go pursue that evidence. So yeah. – that's has there been like one whisper of the rick grimes film project which was supposed (laughs) to happen when he left no no i haven't heard anything i don't know if that's still a thing that's happening Uh, i would love to know what they think is going to happen um is andrew lincoln even working don't know yeah i think he may he might be on retainer he might just be like kicking it waiting to when be called yeah do they still have talking dead at all yeah, they still have Talking Dead. It's a little different. They pre-recorded and there's no live studio audience anymore. Which brings okay. me to one of the things that we should look at in this episode, which is the um, the challenges of – like these six episodes were not initially meant to be part of the story. They're extra bonus episodes to tide us over while we wait for season 11. And as mm-hmm. such, they're filmed with kind of the limitations of the pandemic. So everybody's filming in a bubble and they have as few people as possible. Um, and you have a lot of scenes that are filmed with the actors standing six feet apart. Got it. Which I thought, I thought that was interesting, but I also think it is very clear. We do not need this particular episode. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, this was like the uh, seemingly like the uh, dog origin story, a la the Tabitha the goat. How did uh, the dog come yes. to be Daryl's dog? Yeah, I, Rob, did you ever meet Daryl's dog? Was this something yeah, we talked dog. about? Yeah, yeah. I, I do remember he had a dog and it was named Dog. Yeah, Dog the Dog. So now we know where Dog came from because I think that was something I wondered as deeply as I wondered how did Jack Shepard get his tattoos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Daryl had a girlfriend? Yeah, apparently Daryl had a girlfriend. This is brand new news. Uh, and apparently mm-hmm. Daryl's girlfriend was how he got the dog. Yep. Because I feel like that in really in like, what is this? Season 11 or, or this 10? This is season 10. Like, yeah, like. I I don't recall like Daryl ever had a romantic interest, and I know that there was like a lot of speculation about uh, Daryl's uh, romantic interests over the years. But I do not feel like that. Like I think that he like maybe like was like kind of like had a little bit of like a, a hint of like him and Beth. But I feel like that they never went down that route in terms of telling a Daryl story where he had uh, some sort of a, a romance, right? Right. That's right. And I think that's one of the reasons why this episode kind of hangs out there so weirdly for me is because I feel like the time to give Daryl a love interest was probably not 10 seasons in. We mm-hmm. kind of a bottle es- episode. Yeah, in a bottle episode. We kind of established that he, he does not prioritize those things. Yeah. And he had started to, I don't know if it felt romantic or if it just felt like another close friendship, um, but that was kind of with Connie, it looked like he was starting to consider it. Hmm. And then Connie disappears and it's his other female BFF's fault. And that becomes a kind of a source of contention for him. But apparently now this is all, this has all been prefaced by this other love interest that Daryl had. Yeah. Okay. And how did this woman tie Daryl up at one point? Um, she's very strong. I she's, very, she's very yes. strong. I, I, did Daryl want to be tied up? I just feel like that Daryl, as like the you know protagonist that we've watched for all these years, that I'm not sure necessarily like how this woman was able to uh, like uh, get. Uh, did he? You know, she, he got in the chair, and then she like. Uh, I mean, you think that this would be like a multiple person job to tie Daryl Dixon up? You would think she probably stunned him or something. Yeah, I don't think so. She like they went. She was like pointing a gun at him, right? And then we go to commercial and come back, and he's tied up in a chair. I mean, she had a gun in his face. Maybe she was like, "Okay, now tie yourself up," because I feel like you have to put the gun down in order to tie somebody up. Yeah, but how do you tie yourself up and then hold the gun on somebody? Like, I just feel like that, you know, you could easily, one person could easily tie me up if they had a gun on me. But I just feel like that Daryl, that we've seen him like, uh, you know, he's uh, in so many action sequences. Like, I feel like at some point when she's tightening the ropes, like, I feel like that uh, he's making a move. You would think so. I mean, Daryl is, we've seen him get out of worse for sure. And we've Mm -hmm. also seen him do things like, do a tandem face stab with Negan, uh, which mm-hmm. you didn't see, Rob, but I, I highly recommend, like, look that up on YouTube and see, like, that yeah. little 10-second snippet. It's all you need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it did seem like maybe Dog is better trained than than he appeared to be on first yeah, blush. hold it down. Yeah, I mean, Dog, Dog is still a puppy at this point, so maybe not. But Maybe not. Yeah. Just should Dog have had a name in the origin story? Like, well, I, need, I feel like I need another origin story of why did she name the dog Dog? Um, yeah, I think Daryl also highlights that that's very dumb. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I liked, I mean, the reasoning is sound. And so you don't forget what he is. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I liked the bond between Daryl and dog, but I felt like you don't really need to know how he got the dog. I, he obviously didn't go to the pound. Yeah. He got a dog. I mean, does anybody, you know, Jess have an interesting story of how they got a pet? No, not really. Um, it's more like, yeah, I went down to the, I went down to the SPCA and I picked one out or I, one of my friends had a dog that was having puppies or, yeah. yeah or, you know, my like, parents put him under the Christmas tree. That's about as interesting as they ever get. Meet people that have a pet. Like you never say, like, oh, how did you get this pet? Yeah. Where did this pet come from? Like which pet yeah. store? <laughs> Give me the backstory. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that we didn't get like Daryl walking into a pet co. Mm-hmm. Or like whatever post-apocalyptic pet co there is. There's got to be some interesting animals in post-apocalyptic pet post-apocalyptic pet co. There's mm-hmm. a there's a tongue twister for you, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we needed this. We didn't need to know. I I just always assumed that Daryl found a dog somewhere and acquired it because he was traveling around a lot and would have run into a dog if there was one. Yeah, I mean that would make sense. Sure. There aren't very many dogs. I think the assumption is kind of that they're all either feral or um, zombies ate them. Oh. Yeah. I'm surprised the zombies could catch a dog. I feel like that they're very quick. I don't know. They caught a horse that one time. Yeah. A horse is big, though. Horse is fast. Yeah. Like, I just feel like that they could sort of, like, surround the mm. the, the horse. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like that uh, maybe if the dog is sleeping, but. I don't know. I'm, I'd like to see that happen. Dog's got to sleep sometime. I would imagine. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to see it happen, but yeah, uh, no. I have to see it to believe it. Yeah, I, I think. Oh, we also. I think the other time we saw a dog was that time um, on the road to Terminus when Rick and Michonne ate one. Yeah, I feel like that maybe the dogs would get like confused. They see like a walker on the ground, and then they probably might go to try to eat the walker, and then it might be like a tainted meat situation. I bet that that's how they end up getting the dogs. Yeah, that could be. But, you know, a dog has a sense of smell that's like 300 times stronger than a human's. You would think mm-hmm. dogs would know where there are walkers and where there are not walkers. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Does, is a dog trained to know to stay away from a walker? I can't imagine they smell very good. Yeah, but they, I like feel like that the dog is hungry. It might eat something that's dead on the ground. Yeah, I mean, dogs do. Yeah, dogs do kind of spend a lot of time with things that smell interesting rather than things that smell good. Yeah, like I feel like, you know, you have a pet and then you like uh, keel over in your apartment. Eventually the pet's going to eat you. That's a good point, Rob. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe, maybe it does, maybe walkers do smell good to dogs and that's why we haven't seen very many dogs. (laughs) (laughs) See, why didn't they explore this in the episode? Yeah, it seems like this, like if they're going to go with dog origin story, maybe they should have gone whole hog dog origin story and like done it with like a POV camera on dog's head. And like gone yeah. through the whole things that dogs do. I like that. And this dog is special. He can like smell walkers. He stays away from them. He doesn't. He's the one dog that doesn't eat decomposed bodies on the ground. It's his secret superpower. Yeah. That's why he's special. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, Walking Dead meets the art of racing in the rain. Mm-hmm. Just it- uh, can, I, can I ask another question? That, yes. uh, the, so the woman, Leah, what, like what, what happened to her at the end of the episode? Um, unclear. Unclear. So she, is she going to maybe pop up? 
I assume so. Um, probably around the time that Daryl reunites with Connie, I assume that's when she's going to pop up. Mm-hmm. Or they could, you know, they could just leave her out there the same way they left Maggie out there indefinitely, in the same way they left Rick and Michonne out there. She can just be out there, and if they need her, they can bring her back. Mm-hmm. I hated all of the time, John. Again, it was very, I, I was confused. I was jumping in. And then between like all of the like uh, three years later, uh, <laughs> just jumping all over the place. Uh, like, wait, what? How long is this? Yeah, you kind of have to draw the timeline out because I think Daryl takes off to look for Rick right after Rick disappears. Yeah, and then he's gone for the length of the actual time jump they did in the show, and yep. then he comes back, and it's like, yeah. Hey, what's up? Didn't find Rick, but I did find a dog. And now I'm going to live out in the woods with my dog and you can come visit me. Mm -hmm. And that was Daryl's entire trajectory up till now. And now we know that during that time, he now we know how he acquired the dog and we also know what he got up to. He wasn't really solely looking for Rick this entire time. Mm -hmm. But it was very hard to follow. And because it was all shot in like the same general vicinity, you couldn't always tell, like, if it was present or if it was past. Yeah. They didn't even do the thing where, like, you could change his hair length. Yeah. And is Daryl shaving every day? Um, He could just be one of those people that does that grows weird facial hair. But it's weird that somebody that is, like, his personal brand is neglecting his hygiene. And he doesn't, mm-hmm. but he still manages to be clean shaven every day. Yeah. It's, it's a choice. It's one of the things that always bothers me on these shows where it's like, uh, how, how does Daryl Dixon have like a three day stubble, like a five o'clock shadow for, you know, uh, you know, years at a time. Yeah. But I mean, how does Boston Rob grow a survivor beard? That's just a goatee. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that I get it. Like he only has like follicles in uh, certain places, but it grows. Mm. Like it doesn't like, I don't know if it's a thing. I feel either you have hair places or you don't. Like, I don't get the, I have hair, but it only grows uh, two millimeters and then stops. It's it's a good point, Rob. I I assume maybe he just doesn't like the feel of a beard on his face, but he spends so much time doing that that he doesn't have time to do anything else. Mm-hmm. But Perhaps. that's my other issue with Daryl having a love interest is he's got to be so smelly. He's got to be the smelliest guy in the entire Walking Dead universe. Yeah, but didn't stop uh, uh, Leah. No, it didn't. It didn't stop Dog either. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, good for Daryl. Yeah, I guess. Good for Daryl. So on the whole, Rob, I I feel like the listeners have just listened to me probably rant on the scale of your post-Rick Grimes departure rant. Yes. Well, well, well could you give me what, what, what was it about this that you were so – because I, I read some reviews. I felt like that they were a little like uh, mixed. They were mixed. They were actually far more positive than I thought because I feel like there's kind of two problems here. One is that giving Daryl Dixon a love interest 10 seasons in just sort of, it makes him a more conventional character for sure. Mm-hmm. And it also, this read like every fan fiction of every franchise I've uh, ever read. Yes. It's very Mary Sue-ish. Like she is beautiful with wild red hair and she's headstrong and independent. And 
it's only a woman with a strong heart like Leah who could tame Daryl Dixon. Like, they must be paying royalties to some 16-year-old who wrote this on fanfiction.net. That's <laughs> my one thing about this. Yeah. And I'm going to – I got to say. I got to save a lot of this for Chappelle, but that's one thing. Yeah. And the second thing is that it really negates a lot of the relationship building that has happened with Connie. And that's something that I'm going to go into more depth with Chappelle about, um, which the listeners will have already heard me do this, but those are kind of the two. Yeah. Those are the kind of two issues I had with this. And I know they're hurting for content. They need to come up with six episodes worth of things that aren't going to affect the main continuity of the story. But yeah, that was the that was the main thing. Do you think that maybe this was a COVID issue that they had to like go on some sort of fan forum and just use some fan fiction somebody wrote as an episode script? I mean, if they can't afford to bring all their writers back, but I also feel like being in a writer's room, you could have a virtual writer's room on Zoom. There's no need mm-hmm. to option stuff from the fan fiction websites. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, Rob, is there anything else you wanted to observe about this about the story, like how did how did it from the Walking Dead universe that you want to uh, spoil me on that you feel like I'd be interested to know? Um, there's a new character named Princess who looks exactly like Sandra Diaz Twine. Princess, what is she the princess of? She's the princess of Pittsburgh. Okay, and she's like Sandra Diaz Twine, but she um she dresses like an eight year old. I'm watching Game Changers right now, so that's yeah. yeah, she kind of dresses like an eight-year-old and packs a large automatic weapon. So that's that's Princess. Okay. I like her. Yeah, I like her too. Um, we really enjoyed, over the summer, we enjoyed Fear the Walking Dead and uh, Walking Dead World Beyond. Yes. Um, which I, I, I guess enjoyed is kind of a subjective term, but we mm-hmm. definitely had a good time podcasting about them. And I really – I feel like Josh Wiggler would be more than welcome to stop by our Walking Dead podcast this this season – parcel um, right. anytime he wants i think he's keeping up on it he just doesn't have time to do the podcasts but there's a lot of stuff in there that i think are, is right up his alley mm-hmm. yeah what what's the ratings of the franchise has fear the walking dead eclipsed the walking dead proper in any ways no not yet um the this past season was very similar to this set of episodes in fact because it was sort of told in vignettes and each one with sort of a different style so we did enjoy that aspect of it but i would say like popularity wise it's always going to be second fiddle it's not going to pull law and order svu or deep space nine right or deep space nine (laughs) what's the what are the ratings like on the walking dead right now Oh, I haven't really looked, but um, I assume they're kind of – they're continuing to fall off. I know the ratings on this podcast have continued to fall off. Um, uh, not the star ratings. No, not the star ratings. The people yeah. that are uh, here, I feel like they're here for the long haul, but we're we're losing listeners for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, this is ba- – uh, March 6th, yeah. Why, uh, this is from Showbiz411. It says, uh, why is The Walking Dead still a series? Uh, <laughs> we the, ask ourselves the, that The powerhouse has fallen below – Three million viewers a week. Dang. Down to 2.73 million. God, those are amazing race numbers. Yeah, I got to feel like a little bit of like, um, you know, zombie apocalypse. uh, Like, ooh, this is like like more of a compelling concept in 2010. A year into a global pandemic. um, Maybe like uh, less like, um, you know. Says my, the my, man who like, in, said the says the man who insisted that we watch and recap the stand. 
look, uh, well, that, that was like a different spin on it. I just feel like that, you know, it's gone, it's gone on and on and on. Uh, yeah, that's uh, true. The Walking Dead. Yeah. You know, stand is at least like, which is a short run, nine episodes. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like 150, but it was only nine. <laughs> um, that's a, it's a good point. I feel like that's a short commitment and this is like, you know, this is, this is like a, you know, that was like a summer fling and this is like a marriage that you really can't escape from. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of shows have sort of benefited from, you know, having like an end date. Uh, but I think that they just might have gotten like a little too greedy with The Walking Dead of like, not we're going to do a million spinoffs and also we're going to keep the show on for uh, uh, a million years. Yeah, it's true. They do have an end date now. How's um, Judith doing? Judith's doing great. She's yeah. she's a little firecracker. Yeah. Ass kicker. Yeah. A little ass kicker. And um Maggie's kid is pretty great too. I'm hoping that he and Judith team up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that'll be pretty epic. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, well thanks, Rob, for stopping by and getting caught up on The Walking Dead for I hope me. I brought something. You did. You absolutely did. And I think it's helpful to the listeners too, especially we have a lot of listeners, in fact, that don't watch the show that just listen to the podcast. So I think it's helpful to have a little refresher in there. And also I just wanted to get a temperature check. I'm probably way out of line with how much I hated this episode. And I've had some time to sit with it. But I I really felt like you were so angry when Rick Grimes left and the way that they announced that and what they were rolling out there. I felt a little bit of that rage when I first watched this episode. And I felt like yeah. you're the only person that could really understand what I'm going well, through. The Rick Grimes thing was just, it was such a bait and switch that they told you, all right, that they they were going, that Rick was going to die and he was leaving and that was it. And then they milked that he was dead. And then at the end, they were like, psych, just kidding. Yeah, psych, just kidding. Yeah, he's not kidding. Psych, just kidding. You know, Uh, so that's what I was like so mad about where it's like, all right, finally, like uh, something big has happened. And they said, okay, they gave you the big thing. And then right after was like, eh, maybe yeah. not. Well, I guess yeah. maybe that's the difference because that's taking something that people really cared about and minimizing it. And this is taking something nobody cares about and maximizing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the difference. All right. Yeah. And was it fun to revisit The Walking Dead if only for 45 I mean, it- terrible minutes? Uh, it's fun talking to you about uh, anything. You can call me and, uh, you know, talk about like, uh, you know, even though I don't like to talk about food, I'll listen to like uh, what you had for lunch. All right. Well, this is a privilege I'm certainly going to abuse going forward. Yeah, it's fun. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. And uh, maybe we'll check in on you. If they show something epically bad again, I will definitely be calling you up. Right. If Jadis comes back, oh, you yeah. let me know. Yeah, okay? you're, you're back on full time if Jadis comes back. <laughs> Bye. All right. All right. Thanks. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.